With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So at this point, Steve definitely has a terrible sunburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just we're just out here, fun in the sun on Coney Island, dude. Uh, it's sand in my shorts. <laughs> Ooh, that uh, ain't sand. Oh no, Coney Island sand, man. Which means there's bits of hot dogs in it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> ground Nathan's meat. <laughs> By the time this airs, we've definitely had our annual dumb idiots eating hot dogs contest. Yeah. yeah. Can we just agree that that's stupid? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, it is. It's also gross, but yes, also stupid. The only thing enjoy your hot dogs, America. Exactly, yeah. one dog at a time, right? Chew it. Here's the other sad thing about that stuff too. There's like the big one, the Nathan's Coney Island yeah. one, that's like on ESPN and all that stuff. But here in New York, you can get a second one that's broadcast on like local New York TV. They do it in a park in Brooklyn. For Criff Dog? Have you ever seen the Criff no, Dog Challenge? No, It's the same day. It takes place, like, hours apart. And are they wrapped in bacon? <laughs> Criff <laughs> no. Dog does, like, crazy dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not eating, like, an actual Criff Dog. It's just, like, hot dogs provided by Criff Dog. You know what's weird, though? Like, here's the thing. With This guy has a couple of hundred hot dogs in a day, and he's a fucking hero, right? Yep. Yep. I have four hot dogs at a barbecue, and people are like, "That guy's disgusting." Well, because yeah. you're moderate, you have to go. You gotta be <laughs> radical. You gotta other, yeah. I mean, never have them or <laughs> have five hundred of them. I understand that two is the appropriate number of hot dogs you're allowed to have in in, in a day. In a day, right? <laughs> what really? the I, I thought it was at least three. Well, welcome back to hot dog radicals. <laughs> We're talking dogs and buns. Oh, I can put five away without a problem. Yeah. Without issue. Absolutely. Um, so this week on We Hate Movies Summer Rerun. Speaking of hot dogs. Yeah, we're talking about Judge Dredd. Uh, we're, we're talking about listening to an episode where we talked about Judge Dredd. Right, sure. yeah, yeah. This was uh, a while ago. This was um, this is like before the Carl Urban movie came out. Yeah, this is yes. from before the earth cooled. <laughs> I think at the time this episode came out, Global warming wasn't as big of a deal as it is no, now. No, it wasn't no, a problem at all. Kinda. Everything was fine. I knew nothing about Judge Dredd when we did this episode, and now I've read a bunch of the comics. Yeah, this episode turned you into a huge fan. It did. Those four locos changed something in my brain chemistry that night. Oh, God. And you know something you guys never brought up in the episode I got to bring up? You know how Metallica was like, oh, we're never doing soundtrack movies, and then they did one for Mission Fucking Impossible 2? What does that have to do with Judge Dredd? Judge Dredd, The Cure, didn't want to do any soundtrack songs, and then they did one, an original song for Judge Dredd. What? What song? It's like Never. I think it's called Never. Oh, mercy me. Music inspired by and for the... Yeah, and it was the song on the top of the soundtrack (laughs) when you bought it. And then the rest of it was, as we've talked about before, orchestral bullshit. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, those soundtracks... 
soundtracks in quotation marks. What a rip. Or there might have been some like junky XL shit. I don't know. I got burned by the Mrs. Downfire soundtrack the same way. Yeah. Papa's got a brand new bag and then a bunch of orchestral nonsense. Uh, so enjoy Judge Dredd. I mean, it's just like everything. The action, the amount of bullets it takes to kill a person, or not to kill a person, but the amount of bullets these judges feel is necessary to take a human life, which is in the dozens. (laughs) But the problem is, I mean, uh, it's just kind of walking this weird line. Like, I don't mind like ridiculous over the top action movies where you're, you know, blasting 60 bullets into somebody and their head explodes, but it's just a lot of bullets being fired without the consequences. Right. It's sort of like there's, they, they didn't have squibs on everything. It's like people are just getting like shot 60 times at once and it cuts away before I, I, I would imagine when they cut away, if you stayed with the body, it would have like just shattered. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like a, sh- a, a, a shroud of a person left. <laughs> like, like, like a, a, a shadow of like a nuclear blast or something. <laughs> yeah, if you're shooting somebody that way. Many times it's like stained on the wall, like in Watchmen. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> like Watchmen. So uh, this movie, for folks who don't remember uh, what was going on, uh, it's it's about uh, it's a it's I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic. It's a bit dystopian. It's, well, it's, it's kind of post-apocalyptic. Well, sort of. It's, it's basically like society got right to the brink of apocalypse. And they're like, hold on. Let's think about this. <laughs> and then they mm-hmm. just kind of bounced back a bit. Yeah, they never recycled for a long time. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, hey. That is that. I mean, that is what happened, right? Like garbage built up. Yeah. And, then, and population got out of control. Yeah. And then, and then I guess they just turned the Midwest into a landfill. And <laughs> Which you called, would do, I feel. Called the Cursed Earth. <laughs> that's like there's they show a map at some point in this movie and and the midwest is just like the cursed earth that's what they call well, it it's, it's you've got the map is mega city one which is where the the whole movie takes place new york city yeah which is yeah it, right on new york city there's a big cursed earth in the, and in the middle of that there's aspen yeah and below that is texas city and then right to all the way to the right, all the way to the left there, you've got your uh, your Los Angeles, which is Mega City 2. Right. right. And Aspen is like the prison colony That's yes. city because it's, it's cold there. So, like, they treat that as, like, your fucking, like, Hoth, like, Tundra prison or, or something. Or, like, the Klingon prison planet on uh, <laughs> Star Trek Six. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, that's, I guess, even when the world ends, like, you have to break up your society into, like, regional shitholes and like metropolises and whatnot yeah. you know do you, do you think there's still skiing going on in the aspen penal colony <laughs> yeah but it's like slave skiing like that's how like the prisoners get their fucking like exercise you get like <laughs> 20 minutes of skiing a day and you just after the third day you really don't want to be skiing anymore <laughs> but you always have to be skiing if i had to ski every day is like my like regimented exercise like that would truly be prison for me well you're getting uh, you're getting snow in that underwear no matter what happens well that's just like i i mean me personally i have fucking zero interest in the sport of skiing or snowboarding or any of that nonsense well yeah i mean i just think if you if you have to do it every day you're going to Fall out of love with it. <laughs> even, even the most. Even well, the person. So you go to prison and you're like, wow, Aspen, wow, I actually love the ski, so this is going to be nice. 
And then after a while, you know, you're getting whipped with chains down a mountain. Yeah. Kind of not into it. You think people go to prison now and are like, man, I love those like tri-cornered lunch trays. Like I love the idea of all my food being broken up and then just like by day <laughs> yeah. 50 he fucking snaps. You know, I like my cobbler really separated from everything else. So one person who doesn't fall out of love with what he has to do every day is Judge Dredd. So the way the new system is set up is like they've abolished all lawyers. You know, they took a cue from Back to the Future 2. And, you know, and it's it's all wrapped up into this nice, like, they are like judge, jury, executioner, these people, these cops, basically. It's, re- it's a fascist police state. Right. And just taking a cue from other movies. This movie begins with a fucking Star Wars crawl oh, of text yeah. read by James Earl Jones, big kawinky dink. In the third millennium, the world changed. Climate, nations, all were in upheaval. The earth transformed into a poisonous, scorched desert known as the Cursed Earth. Millions of people crowded into a few megacities where roving bands of street savages created violence the justice system could not control. Law as we know it collapsed. From the decay rose a new order, a society ruled by a new elite force, a force with the power to dispense both justice and punishment. They were the police, jury, and executioner all in one. They were the judges. And, you know, here's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I, I really like you know, the Star Wars movies and everything, but those beginnings are always the thing where I'm like, just get to it. Just <laughs> scroll through. Just get to it. You know, I'm, all, I'm fine with the crawls in Star Wars, but, like, this is just, it's just stupid. Well, I think there's a difference between the Star Wars crawl and, well, the biggest difference, I should say, is that the Star Wars crawls aren't narrated. Yes. You can read it if you want to. If not, just close and your eyes and listen to the music. At, at least they're <laughs> cinematic to look at. They're they're yellow. They've they've got a weird a weird perspective. Yeah. What always struck me about that is like it's just these words float. Like the way they present the words floating, they're like floating into the cosmos. Yeah, uh-huh. like into a vanishing point. Yeah. Do you think like? Someone came across that down the line, like it's like some alien. <laughs> like, what the hell's all these words doing out Are here? you saying that in Star Wars they have like word comets that just <laughs> travel throughout <laughs> the cosmos forever? And, and then you use the force to, to take that alphabet soup of, <laughs> of comets and make your little story. Some alien flies by and is just like. Is that the beginning of a story? Oh, shit. Do you, and oh, then I, that one looks like it's picking up where something left oh, off. Well, I, I probably, I must have missed everything that happened in the middle. <laughs> Episode four, where are we? Yeah, God, took a wrong turn. But, anyway, with, but with these credits, though, the Judge Dredd credits, you've got someone reading them, so you're forced to just listen to everything James Earl Jones is saying. But it's kind of a cock tease in the movie because it's the, it's the first thing you see and it's scrolling just like credits. And yeah. immediately I'm just thinking, oh, man, when are we going to see the end credits now? <laughs> I just want to get through this. And it's just it seems like it's twice as long as anything else because it's just like, and everyone was dead for a while. But then they decided to abolish the legal system. And they had to do that through many meetings of many councils. It's really droning and like, uh... 
exactly. <laughs> I want to take a nap. And you'd think maybe James Earl Jones is going to come up as a character in the movie. Yeah. You're just getting hired to read this, and then that's it? Why, I mean, if you... Well, the thing is, obviously, this movie probably... I mean, it, no, this movie could have afforded James Earl Jones. Yeah, of course. So why not have him be one of the judges? The all-white judge oh. panel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should have definitely been, like, one of the chief justices. Up there with Max von Sydow. Because it's, 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 it's Max... It's Max von Sydow, Jurgen Prochnow, and three nobodies. Yeah, one kind of looks like Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager, but I think that's only because she's like a strong, powerful, older woman. Yeah, but you have to add like 20, 30 years on her. To- <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely older she's than older. Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> yes. I know that woman's name. Uh, so the, the, the idea of this movie is, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no judges. Uh, it, it's taken from a British comic book, uh, from something called 2000 AD, which is where a lot of, uh, early, like anyone, all the, like, uh, people who, uh, comic writers who have emig- writers and artists who have emigrated to the United States kind of started there. It's like big yeah. anthology sci-fi. Mag. I got a question about that. Do you, does anyone know if Judge Dredd, you know, since it was a, a British comic, did that always take place in America, or is that an invention of this film? I think, it, yeah, it's always been like, I think it's a British, it's Britain. I'm not actually sure. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, that's, it's, we were talking about this before, it's fucking Constantine syndrome. Yeah. I mean, mm, yeah. I guess technically it's Judge Dredd syndrome that Constantine had because it came out after. But <laughs> Constantine like, came down with the wicked <laughs> symptoms of the Judge Dredd syndrome. Totally. And I mean... <laughs> That's just one of those things that, again, it makes no fucking sense. Like, grab some English actors and just make this movie. Yeah, the American audiences will follow. Like, they're not going to – I mean, like, nobody went to dro- in droves to this movie anyway. So, right. like, you might as well have some authenticity going. So, essentially, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, man on the run to kind of clear his name story. It's a very basic premise. I feel like – there was probably other more interesting Judge Dredd story arcs that happened in the comics, but this is the one we got stuck with for this movie. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like, what, 15 to 20 years of stories, and you kind of just do this really bland, like, who am I, oh my gosh, you know, like, framed garbage. Coming to the realization that he may, in fact, not be the law. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He does, he does actually very believe... very conflicted. He actually does believe he is the law in this movie, and he will say it. And, like, people are, like, kind of, like, okay with it at the beginning. They think it's cute. Like, this guy just walking around saying, I am the law! And they're like, oh, that's Judge Dredd. He's, like, the guy at your job that's just, like, takes it all way too seriously. Yeah, exactly. And like a total <laughs> asshole about I it. I am accounting! Oh, all right, Pete. <laughs> God, I'm not going to touch your numbers. <laughs> Can we talk about the, the first, like, instance of judging in this movie? Well, yeah. Uh, the first, like, action sequence we set upon. It's just, like, it's fucking total chaos because that's the future. Yeah. Like, oh, all, all fucking dystopian futures, it's just going to be, like, constant law-breaking chaos. Yeah. And this is no different. And we've got this gang kind of led by James Remar. He's like the leader of the gang. I'd say that. Somebody dialed 1-900-scumbag, like he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got the fucking Remar hotline open, and he got signed up. And you know what? Too short of a movie lifespan for my taste. Mm. You put James Remar on screen like that, I'm expecting at least getting midway through the movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah like just he's the scummy character that kind of makes it around and, you know, fuck shit up. 
Yeah, I mean, but this is just, you know, Diane Lane, who's playing Judge Hershey, uh, <laughs> is like trying to, with her like rookie partner, trying to, you know, calm the situation. And of course she can't because that's how we have to get introduced to Judge Dredd. Right. And he just, it's, it's a lot of just him going into situations, making like these empty threats. Of like, you know, back down now or else. But you just know he's going to kill them anyway. My favorite part of that that scene was he like before Judge Dredd arrives on the scene, James Remar and his buddies are murdering people on the street level. Like they're a few floors up shooting down at people. Judge Dredd shows up and he's like, they're like 300 yards away. They can't hit us. Whatever. Judge Dredd, take cover. They're firing 20 millimeter caseless flesh around at 300 meters. The effective legal range is 200 meters. You're safe. It just flip flop logic, like whatever that makes sense now. But no, Sylvester Stallone gives this like ridiculous, like scientific explanation of like they're like such and such caliber rounds, and their their striking velocity is this much, and they can only kill at this distance, so we're safe. And it's just this bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't account for his like Lego armor. <laughs> yeah, provided by Armando. What was it? no? What was it? Versace. Johnny Versace, Johnny Versace designed Versace. the costumes in this movie. I Let's almost, get into the costumes. I almost said that they were provided by Armando Sante. <laughs> <laughs> Armando Sante, who's in this movie, just had them at his house. <laughs> oh, you want some? Uh, you, you want some Judge Dredd costumes? I got Judge Dredd costumes. Do you I'll tell you about Judge Dredd costumes. I own them. <laughs> Is that? close to what he actually sounds like do you feel <laughs> are you questioning my impression or are you talking about him in, in general in i just mean armando sante in general oh, like, no, what I'm is just... what is his actual voice i think closest to steve's impression <laughs> yeah. i think that's what it sounds like well because he's we said he's either playing this or like shitty wannabe mobsters so yeah. it's like it's hard to gauge it is hard to gauge but yet yeah, designed by johnny versace by the way here's one way to not make uh your futuristic police costumes threatening in any capacity have a big flaunty fashion designer make them for your movie <laughs> no and i mean everything is just so plastic in this movie like it's just so it's all shiny and bubbly and it's supposed to, it, it just seems like it should be more gritty you know what i mean yeah i think versace thought he was designing something for like an italian nightclub <laughs> <laughs> like a bouncer at an Italian nightclub. I do feel like when when Stallone saw that, he was just like, "Man, this is gonna look great in Planet Hollywood." <laughs> I'm looking at you, Tampa. God, he's <laughs> come down to the Tampa Bay Planet. <laughs> yeah, I can't do Stallone. This will draw people to the Tampa the Tampa location, which has been struggling. What is the uh, speaking of Planet Hollywood struggling? Like, what is their deal? Are they bankrupt still? <laughs> I think they got bought by some Native Americans recently. Oh, did they? Really? I think I read that. Yeah, I think huh. they got. Uh... Can you gamble at, at Planet Hollywood now? <laughs> you eat, <laughs> hey, Steve. You eat at Planet Hollywood. It's a gamble. <laughs> You just win. That, I think that's how they got into the business. Yeah, you, you throw money and you get fucking movie merchandise back. <laughs> they had. Uh, I went to the Planet Hollywood in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, quite frequently because we vacationed there every year. And like when you're a kid, it's like the coolest thing ever to go see movie paraphernalia. Yeah, 
And we went there, and they had the fucking the frozen naked Sylvester Stallone from Demolition Man just hanging in the lobby of the bar. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's like you walked in this family restaurant, and there's just male butt cheeks just there. Like the there's butt ass? cheeks were out. Yeah, you watch Judge Dredd, and there's male butt cheeks that are out everywhere. Yeah, again with these costumes is like. The bot, like the top, is all these like gaudy, winged because they're like the, they're supposed to be like the eagles of justice, it's kind of a bullshit thing. So top heavy. Yeah, it's, it's, very, <laughs> it's like, very tough. Heavy. Yeah, it's like the shoulder pads of justice. Or well, I mean, the character's truth. kind of designed as this kind of like pastiche of like what was going on and like comics and like movies, like this big like oh like he's he's like this kind of big dumb. Uh, just like you know, uh, what do you call it there? Like kind of blank slate guy that can only kill and whatever, and it's an intimidating design. Yeah, but, a police officer, but yeah, he's just got some buns in this movie. Like the buns are quite prevalent. The buns are all over the place, <laughs> and it's, it's like because it's just this black spandex, and it's not just the men. Like Diane Lane's ass is all over this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, speaking of like the male and female judges of this movie, of course it's futuristic, and of course it's sci-fi. So. So that means co-ed locker room. Yeah, you can just check it off. If you're at home with your scorecard, you can check off James Remar and co-ed locker rooms. <laughs> they're just in every like sci-fi movie. Like, what was it? Um, Starship Troopers, RoboCop movies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make, I mean, it doesn't make any sense because it's just, you're going to lead to just, you know, uncomfortable situations. It's a progressive society, Stephen. But how is it that like in the future... Males and females aren't neurotic and paranoid about showing off their genitalia to the opposite sex. They're just above it all. It's about <laughs> duty in the judge's precincts. So after we're you know introduced to how this fucking system works, uh, we're also kind of at the same time introduced to the unnecessary comic relief in this movie. He... <laughs> Rob Schneider. (laughs) You can't even say it. He's just a big turd in this movie. Like, as always, he's a big fucking turd in this movie. It is painful. It's painful. He is... Every line out of his mouth is just like you're questioning its existence in the screenplay. You're trying to figure out, like, how it got this far that a character was cast. Like, why didn't they just cut it out? He doesn't help. There's one instance in the entire movie where he kind of like saves judge dread's neck but even then like he would have fucking figured it out he's judge dread (laughs) but you need your yucks you know you do need your yucks and it was always the thing where like if you ever have a character that doesn't fit into the movie really but he's like comic relief well i guess he's a hacker or something like you know it's just just sort of like the funny hacker because there's no other way to put fucking comic relief like why would he be part of this team well, he's good with computers. Mm-hmm. Why would schlubby three foot four Rob Schneider be like three foot four? <laughs> be helping out <laughs> Celestial well, he's good with computers. But I mean, and I I use this movie as an example because it's the first one that came to mind when we were watching this. But like, you know, think about like the first Die Hard movie, and Bruce Willis is just going through that movie, and you know where the jokes are coming from? Fucking John McClane. Like, if you need levity in your action screenplay. You know, Stallone can deliver those lines. Like, they're not going to be great, but it's not going to be any better than Rob Schneider delivering them. No. Well, I mean, the problem is the fucking lines are 
all awful. And I, I do give Rob Schneider credit. This is a fucking rotten script. Oh, it's terrible. Like, it's all just the cheesiest fucking, like, you know, hackneyed quips back and forth. And even Stallone starts getting in on him. Because I'm sure, like, Stallone being an ego freak like he was, he looked at him like, why is he getting all the laughs? I need, I need, some, fu- I need some jokes. <laughs> I want people rolling to my lines, please. Uh, I can be funny. Didn't you ever see that movie where I got the black cap in it that looks like my cap? from Rocky but it's not what is that movie that he was in I have no idea Rocky 2 <laughs> no. uh, it, it's like him around the holidays uh, you know I'm spying a Christmas tree <laughs> yeah. Oscar is it, uh, that's what it is uh, Oscar is not about the, the, the holidays or wearing a cap I thought he had a black hat in that movie no, he's, he's like a gangster in the 1920s I thought that movie was where he adopted a baby or something I have no idea about his filmography I for no reason have seen Oscar like four or five times it was just on a tape in my house and really? I was just getting through it yeah it's just like an open door farce kind of a thing there's a baby involved Marissa Tomei is oh, okay. in there at least I got the baby right <laughs> now is the baby named Oscar or is he named Oscar he's named Oscar uh-huh. okay uh. so it's not Ghostbusters too. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mega City Municipal Code 213, willful destruction of property, that's two years. Code 310, illegal possession of assault weapons, five years. Code 457, resisting arrest, 20 years. And Code 3613, the first degree murder of a street judge. Let me guess, life. <laughs> I know we've talked about the costumes a lot, but there's just one more thing that I need to bring up because, like, it's a it's a Versace thing again. Can we just real quick touch on the cod piece in this movie? It's out of control. It's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest cod piece I've ever seen. Because he's the biggest judge you've ever seen. <laughs> Do you think there's a poster somewhere where it's just the cod piece that's the biggest touch you've ever seen? The the Magnum cod piece. <laughs> it is the Magnum cod piece. And, I, and again, I guarantee you, they showed fucking Stallone five cod pieces and he flipped the table over and said, Bigger! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go bigger. Twice the size. Which at what point though is it so big that you can't even like walk comfortably? No, he's not. It's like I mean, why? Do you, why would your whatever you're using to protect your your genitalia look like you're constantly hard the entire time? Like, what's the benefit? Because he was those co-ed lockers. Yeah, yeah exactly. It makes sense. He kept on but seeing that's Hershey what's weird too. Is like so. Judge Dredd's wearing this like fetish cod piece, right? Uh-huh. Why doesn't Diane Lane or any of the female judges? Wear this cod piece. Like, well, because a cod piece is like a, it's a, you know, well, yeah, so I, your shit can fit in there, like well, a baseball. Because they have, um, men have penises and women have vaginas. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, it's to protect the genitalia. So why wouldn't you protect your, you know? Because the shit's not sticking out. <laughs> well, Are we also, really sitting here explaining this to you? <laughs> also, it's there to, to, to like, I don't know how to say this to emphasize the manhood. Well, I think that's more. That's more. That's what you're getting at. Well, that's why it. King Arthur had the shit. <laughs> Did he really? Ar- really? Yeah. Was he a noted codpiece wearer? They all, all those knights had codpiece. I think now, that was like a qualification to be in the Knights of the Round Table. Now Merlin was so confident he didn't need one, right? Well, he had yeah, that. I don't fl- think so. He had that. Or he just he had that robe, the flowing robe, which makes it really easy to jerk off at any time. <laughs> 
Do you think that's what he was doing at the round table? He's all natural to that thing. Look, we have to stop inviting Merlin to the round table meetings. He doesn't put anything forth on the table, and he's constantly doodling with himself. I was doing spells, I was. Under your cloak, Merlin. Really? All right, this is terrible, but, you know, obviously, come a lot. <laughs> That's our shitty com- comedy sketch called Come A Lot. We just put that out there. It'll be a mini episode a that pl- no one will download. A play in half an act. <laughs> so we're introduced to our hero, our sort of leading lady, and our shitty comic non-relief. Mm-hmm. And and the basic, the basic premise going forward in the movie is that uh, a criminal is released from prison, played by Armand Asante, by the name of Rico... And sure, he's released by a, by a, by a, by a, I guess he's like a, one of the chief justices of the yes. judge. Yeah. High court or whatever. Uh, played by Jurgen Prochnow, uh, of, uh, of, uh, uh, what is he? Beverly Hills Cop 2 fame. The Keep. Oh, well, yeah, The Keep. Michael totally. Mann's Michael Mann's The Keep. Great movie. And the, uh, what is that? What was the name of it? The TV movie where he plays Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. See Arnold Run. Yes. <laughs> he played uh, older Schwarzenegger. Which, yeah, like political era Schwarzenegger. Which is so weird because like the middle of the movie, they have they, they always flash back to his like bodybuilder days in those in that movie, and it's just he's played by a humongous bodybuilder, and then at some point somewhere he turns into Jurgen Brock now. Yeah. Which well, doesn't make any fucking sense. I think the movie just justifies that by like, you know, Arnold has definitely shrunk since his yeah. like, bodybuilder days, but it's pretty drastic to just turn from a huge beefcake <laughs> into into old Jurgen Brock now. You know, <laughs> how long do you think he struggled with that career choice? Like, is this going to kill my career? Like, is it? That, that's a bad Ooh, Arnold movie. or this guy? No, no, Jurgen Brock now. Oh, what like, doing the See Arnold Run movie? Yeah, like that's just got to. I be. feel like he knew he was at his end anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like oh, at his wit's end yeah. to go back to Star Wars. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi turning his lightsaber off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what movies? Just hit me. <laughs> Take your best shot. I mean, he does a rancid Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where he is talking with, like, the Maria Shriver character yeah. about, like, you know, oh, I think I'm going to run for governor of California. And uh, he's, like, you know, he's announcing it to her, and she's, like, oh, you know, fat chance or whatever. Like, you don't have a you don't have a shot. Like, just playfully joking with him or whatever. And he has this line, and it's Jürgen Prock now trying to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. Yeah. And it just sounds like him saying, uh, you won't be saying that when you're dancing with me at the Anna Guru Ball. <laughs> He's trying to say the word inaugural, and it comes out Anaguru. <laughs> so he sets Armand Asante free. And and Judge Dredd is unfortunately framed for murder. Like that's how basic this right. plot is. Is like a fucking framed for murder situation. Like that's what we're going on, movie. Well, when Amanda Sante escapes from prison, he uh, he shoots the warden in the throat. Well, he's sort of released from prison, sort of escaped. Like it's a half like, and half. Yeah, it's sort of like he's allowed. Like. The chief justice is setting it up so he can't escape, and he's not like no one's really chasing him, but he's just allowed some free murder, like yeah, some we, free murder points. Yeah, it's kind of like you, you know, we we engineer your he engineers his escape as opposed to like yes, part true. Him. 
You know, you don't want to get that paper trail coming. Right. Back. He, he gets the warden <laughs> give him a box that's like turns into a gun. Mm, you know, and no it's, one ever checks for those. It's a box that holds his badge, <laughs> but also holds a picture that turns into a gun. Yeah, that you know turns into a hang glider. So he can- <laughs> So he could fly away back to Mega City One. And then turns into a cod piece at the end. Of yeah, it. and then he puts it on his dong. And, and then he puts on the rest of his little get up. And then he walks in and shoots, uh, what was this guy's name? Vargas Hammond? <laughs> yeah, Varg, like Vargas Hammond or Good something. Good old Vargas Hammond doing he's, it. He's played by the dude who's like the colonel in the first Blood movies. Um, Are you thinking of Charles Napier? Yeah, he's not. That oh, guy. I thought that was Charles no, Napier. No, 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 no. Some other guy. He kind of looks. He looks like a Richard Mulligan from em- Empty Nest. Oh yeah, totally. Who I always also confuse with the dad from Punky Brewster. They're all. Oh, three the, who's Eric Lassard in the Police Academy movies? <laughs> there you go. How many casting couches do you think the three of them were waiting on for the fucking casting later to be like? If they're like, they come out and he calls one name and they all stand up. Yes, <laughs> we need nondescript older white man. <laughs> Yeah, we're exactly. now reading for the part of nondescript <laughs> older white man. Uh, we're going with Mulligan. Oh, punky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this guy's like... Mahoney. Just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> My goldfish Mahoney. Is that a fourth guy or is that one of the guys we just mentioned? No, no, he's also... The punky. punky oh, he did. Punky's okay. also Police Academy. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, Lassard is Mr. Brewster or whatever that doctor's name was. <laughs> Can I just point out real quick, Eric's drinking a four loco, and I don't know how he's still alive. Wait, was this on the record? <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like this is poison. private life being broadcast. As, well, you know, um, I needed something to keep me awake, and it's terrible. <laughs> I had one before, and I knew it was a bad idea, but I don't know. It's what the kids like, right? I'm like trying to get involved with youth culture again. <laughs> I'm going to get a ponytail. Is that why you're wearing blue sunglasses? <laughs> yes. No, you're not wearing blue sunglasses. To get your finger back on the pulse. <laughs> yes. So this dude who's not Lassard, uh, but looks like Lassard kind of, is just like this liberal muckraker who's like down on the streets like reporting about how fucking terrible it is in Mega City. Well, it doesn't he's make He's kind of right. No, he's totally right, but it kind of doesn't make any sense because like even his wife is like, Dude, this, we live in a fascist state. What are, what are you trying to... You know what I mean? Like, true. What are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah. I don't know what the end game is, but also just like, yeah, one, we live in a fascist state, so don't go talking shit. Don't poke your head out, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the brown shirts are marching down the street. <laughs> I mean, you know, get a radio show. Like, he's out there on the street with a camera being like, this is me, this is my name, and fuck you, the government. Yeah. Followed up some grumblings confirming a suspicion of mine. The cancer of oppression goes far deeper than the street judges. And you're going to say that over the air? It's the truth. Oh, Vardis, you're insane. I'm a reporter. They're never going to let this get onto the air, Vardis. Something like this could bring down the council. Maybe it should. What is he shedding light on that isn't just glaringly obvious from looking out your bedroom window? <laughs> like, this city fucking sucks. <laughs> there is, like, murder and fucking rioting every ding-dong day. And this guy's out here like, yeah. don't be fooled by the judge system. It's horrible here. Yeah, like, this, this guy's like, I'm Eric Lassard with the obvious now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of not nice outside. <laughs> yeah, but the thing of it is, is 
it's like, yeah, you're living in a world where block wars exist. <laughs> block wars, I guess, are wars between blocks of streets where everyone's fucking shooting each other up. And everyone's got, like, automatic weapons somehow. Imagine if that uh, existed. I got to walk, like, ten blocks home. Yes. <laughs> <to> be murdered. <laughs> yeah, you don't be in the wrong block in block war, man. <laughs> yeah. They say block wars quite a bit in this movie. As yes. if that's like block wars are like the turning point of it all. Like, now, you know, things were bad before, but now there's block wars, block wars, block wars. Well, and, they, and I don't know. I said this when we were watching the movie, but like, I don't. If this is such a fascist police state, and they're obviously trying to quell block wars, why do they have the Second Amendment still? Like, <laughs> why are you giving these people guns? <laughs> and we're we're in the year 3000. So at this point, every single gun has, like, a rocket launcher, laser, and, like, <laughs> you press it once, it shoots 60 bullets at a time. It's insane. You can't. The, that's the only way we can stay free from the English, Eric. That's, that's the true. only way. You know what? That's, that's, this is what they, they, they tell the people, like, what, what do you mean you don't have, what do you mean this fascist and this police state and this, you, you freedom. You, can, you have the biggest gun you want. <laughs> and if you can ki- kill our super judges, you know, you're, uh, you're free to go. Kudos. Uh, and also, uh, so along with this, uh, this whole like frame job or whatever, uh, he gets like a trial, which the whole fucking system here does not make any sense because the rest of the society is like judge, jury, executioner by these judges that walk around with their huge guns yeah. and fucking uphold some semblance of law or whatever. But if a judge is accused of breaking the law, like he gets this fucking huge hearing. He gets due process. He's the only one. <laughs> Which, I mean, hello, rioting in the street. I mean, why Why is that the case? It makes no – I mean, it's only to, to – Further the story along to, like, obviously he's going to be found guilty and whatever. Yeah. But it's just, you know, for an action movie, like, I'm going in. I'm ready for Judge Dredd, I, I guess. You know, I don't know. I'm begrudgingly ready for <laughs> Judge Dredd. And uh, I, I get in there, and all of a sudden, like, everything stops for this, like, 25-minute legal drama yeah. where Diane Lane's just representing him. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to, like, they're talking about, like, video evidence <laughs> and all this shit. There's DNA evidence, which I think was probably spurred upon by the uh, O.J. The Simpson trial. That's where they, <laughs> 1995, yes. come on, you know, people, were, <laughs> it was fresh in everybody's mind. That's true. This movie was trying to say something. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> God. But the one friend that Judge Dredd has in 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 all of the high council or whatever, all the grand poobahs, mm-hmm. is uh, played by Max von Sydow. <laughs> yeah, the, the grand council of esoteric Germanic people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good German or Norwegian or Swedish, actually. Yeah, yeah. Max von Sydow uh, celebrating his 109th birthday on the set of this movie. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, the guy worked with fucking. Ingmar Bergman, and here you are, yeah. however many decades later, being like, so there's judges, and what's happened? Oh, forget it. I'll just say my lines. Well, you want to talk about somebody. Yeah, he worked with Ingmar Bergman. This was like the ha- – if you want to talk about – like, uh, imagine a straight line. This would be the middle, and Priest would be the end of the, the line. 2010's Priest. Was he in that? He was in that, in almost the same role. Like, mm. he's more evil in Priest, 
Well, then it's kind of more like his Minority Report character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was also also in Shutter Island in 2010. It's all a big graph that goes up and down, up and down. But Priest is like almost the same movie. It's a European comic book where everybody's wearing flowing robes and everyone's very good at violence. These European comic books, man. Yeah, exactly. And And again, police officers were replaced by people that aren't police officers but act exactly like police officers. In one, it's priests and in the other one it's judges that's the fucking premise for that is like priests uphold the law oh in that there's movie? vampires and Whoa. all sorts of wackiness so they can like get away with fucking kids well i guess they do now <laughs> yeah they get away with that now yeah sorry <laughs> uh so judge dread is found guilty but uh uh von sidow decides to like enact this rule that i guess happens uh, and to preface this, I guess, they kind of have a Logan's Run thing in this society. Right. Uh, it's not age 25 or whatever it is in that movie. What is it, 23? I think it's 25, but in th- it's something like that. But in this movie, it's just whenever you think you're you're ready for retiring, well, Florida is now part of Cursed Earth, so. Yeah, it's like tough Florida. You go to yeah. Cursed, cursed <laughs> Earth, Florida. <laughs> It's lovely this time of year. And essentially what that is is like they give you a fucking a, a book of laws, a gun, and a good luck pat on the back <laughs> and open the doors to this city and then you just walk out it's into e- a desert. Exile. Yeah. It's a, what is that book fucking worth a damn out there? <laughs> That's like I, I imagine they give it to you for like kindling or something. <laughs> That's the first thing. It's fucking toilet paper, man. That's the only thing I would use it for. I mean it's. I'm sorry. I just feel like if you're going out into the cursed earth, you need everything you can get. So I think your toilet paper is going to be your left hand and the sand. <laughs> well, I think it's more of a thing that, like, in this movie, organized religion has been abolished. Yeah. And it's like the book of laws, like the Bible. So it's like, right. pray to your laws in the desert or something. Well, well you're supposed to, like, preach law and give law to the lawless, which doesn't make any fucking sense because all I can tell of cursed earth is it's hillbillies and cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish out there then in this desert. Like, it yeah, makes no fucking sense. Well, it's, it, and it's only for, to, to clarify, it's not for everybody. It's only for judges. So you fucking, you know, you, you, uh, you, it's this weird caste system. You give your, you know, yeah. you're a judge, so you have all these special rights, but at the end of it, you go out, you have the worst death imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your years of service. Now burn in the sun and be eaten by another human being. <laughs> Good job. So so Von Sydow, at the end of the trial, Judge Dredd is found guilty of his fucking crimes. He killed this liberal muckraker and his wife. And so he's being sentenced to death. In the charge of premeditated murder, this tribunal finds Joseph Dredd guilty as charged. Joseph Dredd, you are aware the law allows only one punishment for your crime. Death. And Von Sydow stands up and he's like, as we all know, the final wishes of a retiring judge have to be honored. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, the godfather can't resist a request on the day of his daughter's wedding or some fucking horseshit, yep. right? And so he stands up and he's like, It has long been our custom to carry out the last order of a retiring senior judge. And so, (laughs) 
I stepped out. As you know, I just saw a comet and wished upon it. Yeah, my wishes must be granted. I get three wishes for catching this leprechaun under a rainbow. And not to mention, I have this lamp I haven't told anyone about. <laughs> Let me just give it an old shine here. Alakazam, do your worst. But yeah, so his his request is not like... Pardon this man, whatever. He just says, put him in prison and just don't go that hard on him. It's your final wish. It can't be turned down. He's like your pupil and whatever. Mm. Like you love him like a son, which they get into later in the movie. So it's like, set him free. But he's still going to go to this horrible Aspen jail but colony. Isn't death better than being eaten by cannibals and cursed earth and also going down your... Your slopes, your 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 Aspen ski slopes of chain whips. <laughs> well, we're kind of making up the chain whip Aspen slope ski thing. Yeah, we don't need. But I feel like it's there. We don't see any skiing in this movie. But the weird part about this movie is it's not just he's not just trying to save Judge Dredd. He's also trying to like clear his name because there was this shady thing called. Wait for it. The Janus Project. Could you say that one more time? The Janus Project. Now saying that two times, you've said that one sixty-fourth of the amount of times they say the Janus Project in this fucking movie. So it's which was this, uh, which is spoiler alert, everybody. Take your headphones off. You don't want the fucking twisted Judge Dredd ruin (laughs) and then fucking kill yourself. But it's this idea, the Janus Project is a cloning thing that was designed to make the perfect judge. And they made two judges. One was Judge Dredd and the other was Armand Asante's Judge Rico, who mm-hmm. had the genetic abnormality of becoming the world's best criminal. Yeah, they actually say that. <laughs> That's a quote. Which is like, they're like, okay, so we had this experiment. You were fine. But Rico, there was a mutation. And the mutation was, it was the exact opposite of what we wanted to do it's total evil twin syndrome yeah yeah no he's definitely an evil twin by the way you're fucking cursed when you name it the janus project (laughs) that you're gonna get a fucking evil side to something that's your roman mythology folks (laughs) well let's pick a name call it the massive success project Call it the success with no strings attached initiative. Tell it the the two good guys. (laughs) The buddy project. (laughs) The nice cop program. So then uh, it just goes into this fucking bullshit. Like, uh, you know, that part of the the movie sort of splits in half. And it's like Armand Asante is trying to, like, become the kingpin of fucking Megacity. Backed by Jurgen Prock now. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like started this like puppet regime kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it's, a t- it's like an attempt at a coup of the government. Right, yeah, totally. Meanwhile, Judge Dredd is sent on an airplane because he's getting like shipped off to this fucking prison colony in Aspen where it's like the fates align and Rob Schneider's like back in his life after Judge Dredd has sentenced him to another five years in prison or whatever. For just being... At the scene of a crime? Essentially. Honestly, if I was a judge in Mega City, Rob Schneider's character is like mere fucking presence. I'd be like, 
I judge the death sentence and just fucking murder God. him. How, this is why no one gives you a badge. <laughs> yeah, You're I would terrible. throw my power around yeah. willy nilly. Yeah, you'd use that plastic badge for evil. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a real Rico. <laughs> but yeah, it's got to be very easy for someone uh, in that position to just fucking off somebody without any real consequences. Oh, yeah, there's just kind of like back alley killing left and right, I feel. Because, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, he had a gun, I guess. Like, I'm a judge. Get out oh, of yeah, no, it's it's a dirty fucking system. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so Judge Dredd's, like, on this plane, and then all of a sudden we kind of just get, like, an action scene from Con Air... Because they're shot out of the sky by these, like, cannibalistic hillbillies. Not enough Leonard Skinnerd for my taste of that scene. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack to this movie is 100% Skinnerd-free, and I'm not too happy about yeah. it. I would love the Con Air soundtrack to this movie. And, and, and That's right, and uh, Steve Buscemi doesn't play a likable child rapist in this movie. Oh, God. See, look at all the things this movie's missing, honestly. <laughs> so these hillbillies are like, oh, it's a sign from God we're going to eat tonight. I've never seen, like, excited cannibals, by the way. Like, that's a bizarre thing. These are, like, jovial cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Like, at the sight of a meal, they're like, oh, thank the good Lord, we can eat flesh. But you know what I hate about that is, like, I was, like, feeling for them. I'm like, oh, yeah, they probably haven't had a good meal in a while. Yeah. And then, like, they finally get Judge Dredd and Fergie, which is the name of <laughs> Rob right. Schneider, yeah. <laughs> into into their, like, cave dwelling. And they got a bun in the oven already. There's a dude in there with, like, garlic cloves on his face and shit. <laughs> and it's like, I thought these guys were going hungry. Like, Yeah, it's just a big roasting body on a spit, which is just weird. It's like they started cooking dinner, and it was like, oh, look, more dinner's coming. Like, Yeah, they're just I, some greedy-ass cannibals. No, I understand you would want to wrangle in all the food you can get at that point. But, like, don't don't act like you're starving, buddy. <laughs> Also, if we're going to go for cannibalistic food preparation, this is a fucking lazy fucking job. Because you don't just get a chicken and shove it in the oven. No. You fucking, you cut the head off because you don't want to eat the beak. Uh -huh. you, cut, you know, you cut oh. off the chicken feet. You do, you fucking gut it. You know what I mean? Like, this is just oh, like, right. I, I expect they're going to fucking eat the, the fingernails on this guy and the asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just. The lower intestines and yeah, just stuff. Get, get yeah. a good cut of meat out of them. And well, I guess I guess the thing that we're supposed to take away from this is like, not only are they like crazy, like religious fanatics, they're cannibals, but they're also like inbred. So like the inbred part of it is maybe they're just like, well, we'll just we eat whatever. It don't matter none. <laughs> well, I think the problem. I'm having a hair sandwich tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What, what I think is a little ridiculous is that they, they would even want to immediately cook them or kill them. Like, like you're going to eat what you got cooking, right? And then after – you want to save some of this for a while, so you should eat them in stages. I feel like I would want some good free-range type of meat. So maybe take take Judge Dredd or Fergie out for a walk in a few days. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just just get grass. them ready. Yeah. You know, like just take your time, you know? Well, the, the problem is uh... – Judge Dredd has steroids. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, true. That's tainted meat. Yeah, all you want over to take a bite into the human growth form. <laughs> what was that? That crap that he had. HGH, yeah. human growth hormone? Yeah. yeah. The legendary angel family. Cursed earth pirates. Murderers. Scavengers. And of course, scumbags. Oh, that'll win him over. 
So, I mean, this this scene of them just captured in this, like, hillbilly church or whatever just kind of goes on. Yeah, the one guy is not Peter Boyle. A little uh, cameo from Ewan Bremner as the uh, the son there, Junior. Who's Ewan Bremner? Ewan Bremner is Spud from Train Spotting and just Oh, goes, yeah. Whoa, okay. Hey, British. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's It's been a stumble down the stairs ever since for him. I mean, he's, he's been uh-huh. in like some things. He's been in all the Guy Ritchie stuff or at least some of it. Yeah, he pops up here and there and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, all right. Well, you could have been better. You could, you could have had it more. <laughs> but like, <laughs> do you think in this movie he was like on set and he's just like, um, hello. Uh, I was a big fan of these comics growing up, and uh, what in the bloody fuck are you doing to this title? Like, that's but that's what the director was saying too. The director, uh, I read this. This guy Danny Cannon it was also British, and he like b- before he, I think even before he got the job when he was a teenager, he made like a poster to a Judge Dredd movie and sent it into 2000 AD and like they printed it or whatever like he was like a fanboy and he got this job and then like he just kept clashing with Stallone because Stallone wanted all these changes which is just like who are you going to believe here Sylvester Stallone like you who has no idea what this is like don't sit there and tell me you're a I, Judge Dredd I, fan I read that that he had no idea what Judge Dredd was until he was offered the part so here's this dude who's like, I'm so excited to be a part of this project. Yeah. Like, I love this comic. Like, this is my fucking bag. And he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I got Versace on the line and he wants to make the shoulder blood. So what the fuck are you going to do about it, Limey? <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's it's Sylvester Stallone taking a shit on the glass table that is the Judge Dredd comic, right? And then, like, the, all the English fans are underneath the glass table being like, he's ruining this. He's ruining this whole glass table comic franchise. He's having a poo on our franchise! <laughs> so, eventually, wow. Stallone, you know, of course he's going to kill off all these hillbillies. Uh, and then Max von Sydow bursts down the door... If only to continue this scene further. Yeah. And he's just there for two, like two seconds of Stallone being like, whoa, what, you're alive in this hellhole? <laughs> and then a huge fucking pirate sword comes through his uh, that's, chest. That's from. <laughs> the fucking Midnight Express is coming <laughs> a through. A specter locomotive <laughs> from our spooktacular has invaded this podcast. <laughs> it's the fucking Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> Nobody knows that this uh, the uh, this podcast is recorded in the old west. <laughs> A bunch of varmints. <laughs> the Acela just came through on its way to Boston. Everybody, but anyway, we skipped over what we skipped over. My favorite part, which is. A uh, cyber hillbilly for no reason. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like he's, a Borg Billy. <laughs> he's a Borg Billy. He's like the Judge Dread version of Griff Tannen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and it's just a weird thing where the dad's like, you know, it's hard for a little kid to grow up out here in the wasteland or whatever, so he's got all these implants. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for him to grow up out there in the wasteland, but apparently it's easy for him to rebuild his spinal cord with metal machinery <laughs> and, like, a metal arm and, like, a metal head that does, like, mind control. Yeah, uh, it does, it's hard for a kid out here, but it's real easy for a human cybernetics. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, I'm just tinkering in the back shed for a little bit, and I made myself a new son out of my ruined son. And that's just what you do. We're handy people. 
but I don't know how to feed my chillin'. <laughs> it is a complicated setup that guy's got going on all over his body. Yeah, but I love, like, because obviously he's just there because it looks cool or whatever, or it supposedly looks For cool. Well, because it's the fight. future, so you have to fucking have something that looks... Because you can't just have a heavy go up against Stallone. You need, like, a heavy plus machinery. Right, exactly. He's got to be, like, uber bionic. Yeah. So, like, when Stallone inevitably topples him, it's going to be that much more impressive. Right, or it's going to be that much closer of a call. Because if it's just some dude, like... Well, clearly, Judge Dredd's going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's taken out, like, 47 dudes at the beginning of this movie. And yeah. the problem with this is, I mean, this is kind of the shift of the movie for Judge Dredd's character, and I really hate to say these words, but there's this sort of, like, dramatic shift where he kind of, uh, he undergoes, like, he's hanging out with Rob Schneider, so he starts getting in on the, the action, on the jokes. Like, he finds a personality. Like, the beginning of the movie, he's just like, oh, Lord, I'll kill people, and... Like, he'll have, like, some puns, but they're very, like, subdued. But then at this point, he's like, hey, batter up! You know, like, really <laughs> shitty fucking... Well, that's because Rob Schneider's character has an infectious personality. That's what you'd call that. The fucking disease of this guy who seeps into the pores of your skin. And then you start acting like Rob Schneider. Because that's what it is. Like, Stallone just starts corning it up all over the place. You know, it's it becomes a lot like Demolition Man in terms of... Of uh, Stallone just joking around, and Rob Schneider's also there to talk about three she shells here. Oh, yeah, there. I forgot Schneider's also a demolition. Yeah. There, it's like the fucking Abbott and Costello <laughs> of shitty sci fi action movies. <laughs> yeah. And it, he also kind of has a priest collar in that movie, Sa- too. Sci fi yep. action cop movies. <laughs> yeah, no. It's so, it's so specific. <laughs> it is so specific. Like, the only thing Judge Dredd doesn't have is, like, time travel-ish capability, like, you know, cryogenic freezing and whatnot. Essentially, it's kind of just the same movie in a way. Here's the the question. Which is better? Demolition Demolition Man. Yeah, Demolition Man is better. Yeah, (laughs) I just wanted to air that out because I'm sure, you know, maybe somebody cared. But No, I mean, because the thing, too, is you kind of have a trade-up on, like, uh, the comedian who's in your movie too, because Demolition Man's rocking Dennis uh, Leary there for a little while yeah, as like yeah. King of the Rats or whatever his <laughs> fucking character what, is in that movie. Also interesting about that is like how Demolition Man is like it becomes a pussy hippie society, and in this one it becomes like the fascist right wing society. Yeah, totally. And clearly you're gonna have more fun in the hippie society. Oh yeah, I would love to live in the Demolition Man future. I mean, like, yeah, you're you're, you're easily toppled over, but you know. Oh, no, it's totally awesome, man. And also, like, they have that great line in that movie about, like, Taco Bell is the only thing that survived the fast food wars, (laughs) which I always just pictured, like, the fucking Burger King just putting a dagger in Grimace's heart. Although, (laughs) although if if you did say fuck, you'd be, fine, 50 credits for the verbal morality code. (laughs) Yeah, that was the big one. This podcast, we'd be hung. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking traitors. There'd be gallows outside the Taco Bell. Future gallows? Yeah, like a little laser beam gallows. <laughs> All right, We Hate Movies cast. You get your last meal at the Taco Bell, and then it's off to the Taco Gallows for you. <laughs> That's, you know, it's on them when I empty my bowels <laughs> as I'm hung. Yeah, maybe that's not such a good Load idea. Load me up with Taco Bell. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Citizen Cisco, you sure you want 16 bean burritos? <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs>
I want this to happen so bad. Like, I know it means you're sentenced to death, but you would show them a thing or two. I would like your last words to be welcome to the party, pal. (laughs) I'll promise this to you guys and any listeners out there. If I am put on death row, my last meal, I will try to make as much Taco Bell as possible (laughs) to really give it to whoever has to clean up my body. Yeah, you might be the law, but you got to shovel shit. (laughs) So Judge Dredd makes it back into Mega City. (laughs) And it's just him trying to clear his name against Armand Asante. And it's like you find out they're brothers, you know, at some point. Test two baby brothers. Clone two brothers. They're they're from uh, Max von Sydow's whatever stock, right? Balls. Is he? Yeah, is he donating the sperm for these clones? Is that the idea? Did I did I make that up? No, I think I think it's sort of like, oh, you were like sons to me, and it's like I feel like it's sort of like it's definitely possible. It's implied, yeah. By the way, because that's the only thing that would make sense. Because for no the fuck reason, both Sylvester Stallone, an Italian, and Armand Asante, also Italian and Irish. Both have blue eyes. Yeah, it's like robotically blue, like unnatural eyes. Yeah, terrible contact lens. It doesn't make sense on a fucking olive-skinned Italian. There's, this this (laughs) doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So they kind of have it out. I mean, the thing about it is like once Judge Dredd gets back to Mega City, there's not a lot to take care of. Yeah. I mean, he gets back there. and the third act. Where yeah. No, to- and that's what's like weird about it, too, is you realize what's going on. And you think, like, okay, like now the movie's going to get going or whatever. But, like, all of that shit that happens at that cannibal holocaust is, like, that's a gigantic portion of this movie. Like, you don't even realize, but, like, 40 minutes has gone by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're well to the last part. Like, Eric, you said something about, all right, 48 minutes. Now this is happening. I was like, 48 minutes? Yeah, yeah. I think that's when they come to the Cannibal Ranch there. It's yeah, like 48 then, yeah, minutes we're in. We're about an hour in by the time they finally go through the fireball Mario pit, whatever. Yeah. But that's they're taking that from the fucking rock, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like there's some sort of exhaust pipe where flames come out, and he's like, Oh, well, if you look at that, the flames pop out of there every 30 seconds. So if you run right through, you can something, something. <laughs> And that's totally from The Rock, how, like, Sean Connery memorized, like, you know, when the flames go through and the turbines are doing this fucking yeah, thing, yeah, and, like, yeah. that's how he breaks out of the, the prison and whatever else. Oh, The Rock came out in 96. Oh. Oh, my God, just, no. I just double check. <laughs> no. Michael Bay ripped off this movie in a way. <laughs> that's a, that, nobody's surprised. Yeah, I well, guess Well, I think there true. is something very similar in Super Mario Brothers movie, that, too. That, uh, that's the the production design of this movie. Yeah, let's get into this for a second. Looks uh, a lot like the Mario Brothers future or alternate dimension mixed with Blade Runner. Like a lot of Blade Runner ripoff. Yeah. This movie wants to be fucking Blade Runner, big big hardcore. Do you mm-hmm. think the, the the director is like, I would like it to be Blade Runner, and Sloan's like Mario Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> Blade Runner. Mario Brothers. <laughs> and they compromise. <laughs> yeah. I love the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I, I want to be in the sequel when it comes out because I saw it and it had a sequel at the end. And I would like to play a Mario character. You, <laughs> you play a you play the mushroom guy. 
Oh, the fucking Goombas? Yeah, Sylvester Stallone could play a Goomba in that movie. Wait, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I'm sitting in the theaters, right? And the princess storms through the front door. And I thought, wait, I think the movie's over with. And then she says, you're not going to believe this. Jump to credits. That's where I immediately started writing my own screenplay for the sequel. <laughs> I'm a writer, you know. I wrote Rocky. That won an Oscar. Uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Mr. Danny Cannon, one word for you. Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think he throws that in people's face? Oh, every fucking chance he gets. Like, do you think, like, on Copland, uh, like, he was like, no, Lucid, uh, Bobby, everyone in this movie is just going to be fat. Because <laughs> we're all just going to get a bunch of cop cuts. And then De Niro's just like, like, I don't think that's really a good idea. It just sounds kind of stupid and unhealthy. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. One word. Oscar winner. <laughs> the, uh, the the funny thing uh, about Stallone and Copland, I remember watching the old Conan O'Brien show, and Ray Liotta like was kind of talking out of school a bit about De Niro, about Stallone. Oh, no kidding! Because you know, I think Conan br- brings it up. He's like, "Oh, you know, what's this? You know, Stallone put on a lot of weight for this movie." And like Liotta's like, "Yeah, every time we went out on the town or whatever, we went out for drinks or something." Anyone would come up to him, he would immediately say, like, whoa, 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 I put this weight on for a movie. I put, like, he was really insecure about it, which oh, kind of fits with my idea of what uh, Stallone is. Yeah. That's probably true. At what point, by the way, because I'm just thinking of this, I got Stallone on the brain lately, because last <laughs> night uh, I watched The Expendables. And you got Stallone. I did get Stallone while I was watching it. And I'm, I'm sitting there. My whole thing about it is this, like, when did he get like the juice body that he's got going on right now. Yeah. Because he's juiced in that. He's juiced in that Rambo movie that came out a couple years Even ago. Even worse, I think. It's, that it's Rambo not- movie, man. He's like just, he's like the Cloverfield monster in, <laughs> in Myanmar. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's the thing. He's probably juiced in Judge Dredd. Like, that's, that's steroids. Oh, I'm sure. But this is HGH, which is so much worse for you. And, like, rapidly, like, fucking warps your fucking genes to where you look like what Stallone does now. I mean, he looks like he should be on the cover of a magazine I'd never think to purchase. <laughs> like, that's... Buns? That, yeah, Buns. Buns Monthly. You know, like, the shitty, like, Flex magazine oh, and all yeah. that horse shit. I mean, that's what his body looks like now. And he's just got this, like, pencil-thin goatee in the Expendables. And he's 60-something. Yeah, well, that's what I think it is. I mean, again, it comes from the insecurity of, like, Oh my god, my body's falling apart. I better take this experimental serum. Oh no, I missed the hide. <laughs> <laughs> He's the red skull. <laughs> he turns into the red skull. I mean, but there's ways to handle that shit gracefully though. And like the expendables as an example, like Look at all the older dudes in that movie. You got the fucking great Arnold cameo at the beginning of the movie. And Arnold's just kind of like letting himself get old. And he's like kind of flabby a little bit. But like, you know, he's probably exercising here and there. But he's not fucking taking, you know, human growth hormone and whatever else is going on. You know, whatever fucking Nicaraguan serum that fucking Stallone found. Yeah, no, totally. He's got to fucking charter a boat to international waters just to get his medicine. You know, I never understood that. Why did you judge me? Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. I betrayed this. Your council's experiment, which failed in you. 
I was your brother, your blood, your friend. Who betrayed who? When are you going to stop being a goddamn slave and grow up? That's your birthright. That's your family. I'm your family. I'm the only family you ever had. So can we just talk about Armand DeSante for a few minutes and the ridiculous, no Stallone puns intended here, over-the-top nature of his fucking performance and just all around, like, behavior and 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 look in this movie everybody's everybody in this movie everything in this movie is cranked up to 11 and in in the worst way possible oh yeah it's not a good 11 by any means no because it's like 10 is as far as you should go you know when you fucking put a speaker on too loud you're like this is just doesn't even sound like anything anymore yeah you don't even want to listen to the song that's what he is and he is the most of it like he's just He's walking around, he's talking really fast, and he's talking in this weird drawl that he never uses. But it's like this it's like this New York thing, but that doesn't make sense because it's New York actually, doesn't exist. It's a mega city accent. <laughs> so it's a mega city regional accent. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I think I agree with you, Eric, because it's like kind of like New York metro, but then like he kinda just he's talking like this, he's talking really fast for all, and he'll dip into a little bit of a Russian accent and then come out the other end of it with doing an Irish bit. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Just slow down and think about you this. You see, guys, uh, mega city is what we call a melting pot <laughs> and uh it's a little like contemporary new york city but mega <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a fucking melting pot that is in the process of boiling over with grime and filth and shady characters by the way the best thing about this movie is armand desante's headquarters his his evil headquarters is in the statue of liberty <laughs> jesus h yeah I think we, we kind of – we were watching this movie as we always do, just kind of half-assedly. And then we found out it was in the Statue of Liberty. Because I'm sure there's a lot of dialogue explaining that somewhere. We're like, really, movie? How there, I think statue? there was. There's, there is a line in the oh, movie yeah? where they talk – it's like something, something. That's where they put it after they moved the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> why? Did the ocean turn to acid? Like, why did you have to move the Statue of Liberty anywhere? It's like in the middle of like a bad neighborhood now. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. They put the Statue of Liberty in fucking bed stuff. <laughs> it's, and, it, and yet it somehow lowered its property value even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a. Well, no, because it's, you're talking about, they, they also talk about this movie as overpopulation. Like, oh, we have 30 million people where there should only be 10 million. And, oh, my God, that's so many. You know what we should do? Take up a city block for a fucking statue. That could, <laughs> that could be a great big apartment building. What if you're mega You know building? what? But we're, we got to put Operation Janus oh, somewhere. Janus fucking Yeah, price. Janus needs a fucking huge headquarters. And that's and, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it takes a gigantic historic monument to house this clone project. The, the problem with the Armand Asante v. Sylvester Stallone in this movie is they're both, like, hamming it up, but, like, it's just these two extremes of one is Armand Asante is over, over enunciating every single one of his words and fucking... Goddamn, Stallone is just loud, loud. So it's like, what are you talking about? I don't even want to know you anymore. You're not my brother. And so it all, it, I mean, it's, it's good that we got into the headquarters of the Statue of Liberty because that, that's kind of where stuff comes to an end. And it's Armand Sante's come up with this great idea. He has 
very much in uh, fucking Revenge of the Sith fashion, he has all of the judges just murdered. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Judges, big and small, just taken the fuck out. But that's also Jurgen Prochnow. Like, Jurgen Prochnow thinks he's, he's his, no, uh, he's the number one and, and, uh, what you call it, As- Asante's number two. Is that how it's working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes right. him out, like, he, he takes, yeah, then he assumes his position. Yeah. And I think the end game is to, like, get these clone troopers and do like a Operation Valkyrie from the movie Valkyrie and take over the government <laughs> by like sending out your clone troopers to be like, hey, these are the ones you listen to now. So he's he, yeah, he's like he's like I don't need this this fucking judge army. I'm gonna make my own clone army, and they're, yeah, well, I'm gonna like t- take over the city. Which also like why would you want to take over this city? Like what it's, do you have to gain? Yeah, and, and it, it's. Everyone's established that this city is terrible. <laughs> what is left to stick? Like, what is, you know, you can't even get a good then, meal in this town. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Listen, okay. Okay, so Mega City 1 has fallen to this new evil ruler named Rico. And I guess he has to now, he would reasonably have to go to war with Mega City 2, I would assume. <laughs> and then, where, where does is, Texas yes, City fall in? Yes, where, this? yeah, I feel. They should just succeed from the union, right? I feel, I feel like they've been itching for it for a while. <laughs> for thousands of years at this point. Yes. Can we talk? There's this weird scene, which is hilarious, where, you know, so uh, Jurgen Prochnow's like, so Rico gets out and he starts killing all the judges. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, Prochnow's like, you, know, you must raise chaos. So he starts raising chaos. And he goes to the council. Jurgen Prochnow goes to the council. He's like, oh, my God, it's so bad out there. Like, we need to reopen the Janus Project. And they're like, oh, the Janus Project? I don't know. That sounds like a terrible idea. Okay, let's reopen the Janus Project. There's this fucking long scene where everyone says Janus Project six times in a mirror, and the Janus Project is reopened. And then the second it happens, they're like, no, 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 this is so bad. You, you can't reopen the Janus Project. And then he murders everybody. It just makes no sense because also, like, just by opening the Janus Project, like, what does that mean? <laughs> You're opening the Janus project. Nothing happens. Yeah. They're like, okay, the yeah. project's open. But that requires, like, Joan Chen to start making all these clones again. Yeah. Like, she's this fucking top secret scientist and this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, no. But it's like, what, what instant effect did any of that have? It's, it's one of those, like, we all have to turn our keys at the same time kind of bullshit. Yeah. And the second they do it, yeah, you're right. It's all like, wait, what have we done? <laughs> well, you haven't done anything. <laughs> you signed off to reopen this project, but it's not like you launched some fucking nerve gas all over this city. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you sent a nuke to Moscow or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just kind of made a decision to start up a research project again. <laughs> no! No, no. Wait, wait. We're funding a government grant! <laughs> no! Pork belly spending's gonna eat us alive! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> so the Janus project, unfortunately, is reopened, and he's building these clones, and they kind of start rising out from their clone cribs, but not really. They don't really get that far. Well, yeah, he... Rico tries to unleash them pre like Stallonation or whatever like they're supposed to look like him like Amandasante or Stallone or whatever it's that DNA but then they just turn out to be like these nasty monsters they sort of look like um one of the villains in the Beastmaster movies <laughs> they're, they're, they're these, these, these mouthless white things that just don't make any fucking sense which also like 
I know you're brewing these things from a petri dish and whatever, but like, right. if you're making a human being clone, like, it's not ever like all white with purple veins <laughs> and like amber eyeballs. Like, that's not going on. <laughs> no, and it doesn't make sense. Like, these creatures wouldn't exist without flesh. Like, that's just, you know, they're not able to walk around. I know that they're not done yet, and we say that in the movie, but they can't just be like, oh, well, fuck it. We're just not going to ha- not have flesh right now. And they instantly know to, like, kill Stallone or try to. And they're, all they do is just sort of grab at things and fall over, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're a bunch of goddamn big old babies. <laughs> big whiff at, it, in yeah. the fucking bad guy department. Armand Asante really screws the pooch on this. Like, he cocks up this deal big time. He's too busy making fucking speeches. If he left those goddamn things in there uh, long enough... Maybe, I mean, he might not live to see it, but maybe, you know, Stallone would get his comeuppance. Yeah, no. Like, Judge Dredd might get his comeuppance. Absolutely. You never know. But that, it just is a, the, you know, it's, 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 a, it's pointing towards the bigger issue of like Armand Asante doesn't really have an end game. Like, no one yeah. in this movie has an end game, but no. like his end game of like, oh, I'm going to take over Mega City. So what? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. no money involved, which is—I mean, like, there's no like money MacGuffin. Usually, it's like a big briefcase full of something. You know, the, the, he doesn't have that, so it's just sort of like it's power, power, but power. it's just in the most abstract sense. Now, Joseph Dredd, I hereby judge you to the charge of betraying your flesh. Guilty. The charge of being human when we could have been gods. Guilty. The sentence is death. Court's adjourned. Ah, uh, so yeah, so Armand Asante is killed. He's got a big old "I'm gonna fall out of the building" thing again, kind of just like Die Hard. Um, I'm gonna fall off the roof. Uh, not the roof. I guess the face of the Statue of Liberty. It's sort of like. Um, What's that Hitchcock flick that does that? Uh, Saboteur. Saboteur. Yeah. They took a page out of Saboteur's book. And what about Mario Brothers? <laughs> what you... <laughs> Why are you talking about that fairy movie and not the Mario Brothers movie, which I loved? Can we talk about the shitty decision Judge Dredd makes at the end of this movie? Yeah. Oh, God. Because this is just, uh, again, it's like no one wants to pick up the ball and run with it with no, this no. with this fucking town. So Armand Asante's defeated. The Janus Project is no more. Yep. Uh, Diane Lane blows away Joan Chen, totally fucking shoots the shit out of her. Max von Sydow's dead. The entire justice system, essentially the entire government of Mega City, is, is gone. Is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine fucking, like, the Supreme Court, Congress... <laughs> The Senate, you know, all White House officials, like, you know, the FBI, the CIA, everything is just fucking gone. Yeah. And there's and, nothing and left. And the line of succession falls to you as part of the judicial branch. Yeah. Right. And so Judge Dredd walks out of the building and he's like, no, but the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. Like the, <laughs> the base of it or however it's structured. Yeah. And he's he walking walks out, out of his French broad. <laughs> and, uh,. He's like, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> and, someone, and someone comes up to him and they're like, oh, Judge Dredd, we realize you didn't murder those people. That's great. 
hey, listen, our entire country's infrastructure is in shambles. And we have selected you as the fucking messiah of it all to, to rise up and lead us to greatness and this, that, and the other thing. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just a street cop. Don't look at me. And, like, gets on his motorcycle and drives away. Nobody's like, oh, I got work to do. No, you don't. There's no government anymore. Who's telling you? Like, no one's signing paychecks. Like, what are you going to do? And what is he acting like a big man for, putting on his helmet, going, I'm going to drive away into the sunset and do my job? Like, go fucking take a nap. You just had a fucking <laughs> week, man. Yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. That takes me back. So, Eric, you're a big... I think that... Am I the only one on this show that's not a fan of that Carl Urban movie? Are you... Oh, my God. I just want to shoot you out of a cannon right now. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. Uh, yeah, what? Good, good, good. I good. think it's fine. I oh, think wow. it's just Great. fine. 50-50 on We Hate Movies. Yes, I, I think, think that movie's awesome. I don't, I don't hate it. I w- had a fine time watching it, but like, it's not something I ever need or want to watch again. Well, now I hate you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, Eric. You know, I... Uh, I understand that the structure of that movie is similar to this uh, other movie. The Raid. And, yeah. Honestly. But Dread's better. I think Dread is better see, than I The Raid. Think no, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 I think The Raid see, is much see, better. See, The Raid is like you're, get, you're, like, you're, you're at a party and some dude is like trying to be the life of the party and he's, he's done coke beforehand and he's telling you this awesome story, bro. <laughs> and it just won't end. And then he punched 50 guys. <laughs> That is not. That's not a movie, guys. That's just. That's like a. Uh, I think that's a movie, and I don't it's think a it's all fantasy. bro-y. I feel like Dread is kind of this weird nether space, which is not a bad place to be. Like it's almost a fan film. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like we're taking a, a, an established property, we're assuming you know what it is, and we're just kind of putting it in a, in a different context. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like trying to give it a story engine that sort of works. It's not literally an origin story. I appreciate all that. I just think it's kind of bullshit. I don't know why. It just... It, the the story didn't really grab me, I'll be honest. Like the action in Carl Urban... Carl Urban is great. I will say that. Sure. I thought Carl, so Ar- you, Carl Urban... You, guys, you think it, it should have been more grounded in like um, real drugs or something? <laughs> yes. Well, like, Much more. I don't understand. PCP. Yeah, that's what you have to get is PCP. But then would you have liked the movie more if it had been uh, more relatable? No, 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 no. By the way, slow-mo is a dumb concept. Why would anyone... It wasn't, but it wasn't the... Oh, you mean the actual drug slow-mo? As a drug. As yes. like, Oh, man, like... Here's what I want to do when I do drugs. I want to fucking go faster, or I want like just not. <laughs> not I don't want. Ev- I don't want everything. Oh man, like my life is. I need to fucking take the edge off. Let me make this day twelve times long. You know what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. See, that's see, that's the difference. You guys are big coke guys. Yeah. You guys want to watch the raid? I want to. I want to do a little slow mo. Right? Exactly, dude. Relax. I relax. also appreciate an inhaler uh, like intake system sure. for drugs. That's pretty great. I will say this too. I saw this in the theaters, the the new one. Yeah. Um, the 3D with the slow mo was awesome. It's was one it? of the first times I was like, 3D uh, worked to the benefit of this movie. Like I, I rewatched it on Netflix and I was like thinking about watching it in 3D. Like, oh, it's actually much better in 3D. Um, but so there's Judge Dread, everybody. So clue. and um, a pseudo yeah. on screen for Dread. So there you go, a little bonus feature. Yeah, there, a little, a little, little. See, even though we're on vacation, we're still just working overtime, and we're at each other's throats. <laughs> yeah. Well, we rented Radio. that that two bedroom bungalow for the summer, so you know, we're just we're rooming with everybody anyway. And we had that wrestling room built. <laughs> I'll see you in the wrestling room. 
Uh, all right, so clue for next week's rerun episode. Uh, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Sweet Robbie Schneider. Uh, yep. You like it or juice. <laughs> Sweet Robbie Schneider is back again. So until next rerun, I'm Andrew Jupin. Chris Gavin. Eric Siskel. Steven Sada. Enjoy the summer. <laughs>